up, everybody, and welcome in. I am Oscar Barkas, and this is episode six of the We Like the Pain football show. Uh, a little bit of downer news to start the show. Our good pal Sammy, Sam McFadden, my co-host, is going to be taking a break from the podcast. He's got some uh, just life getting in the way type stuff, and uh, he's got a really, really heartfelt and important message that we're going to play after we record this podcast. But to address the concerns, no, the podcast is not ending. I'm going to continue uh, try and fill Sam's shoes as much as I can while he's gone, and he'll rejoin us at some point. And in his place, we're going to have a rotating um, crop of hosts, starting with... Wyatt Caldwell. So Wyatt, what's going on, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the show. This is Wyatt's first appearance on either of Samurai's podcasts. We always kind of plan for him to be on, but... I didn't think it would take this long, but I'm here, so I'll take it. And we got some exciting stuff to talk about today. We're going to be running through the games that we missed two weeks ago, talk about this week's games a little bit, and then talk about this upcoming week. Um, the AFC South still sucks, but we'll uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Here's Sam for y'all. Hey guys, it's Sam. And in a second, you'll get to the actual episode, which I'm sure is a great one. But before that, I wanted to take a second to be candid and be open with you guys and explain why I won't be on the podcast for a while. You know, first of all, I just want to say right off the bat that I love this podcast. I love recording it with Oscar, and I love the listeners, and it's ridiculous to me that people actually listen to me and my buddy talk about the Texans and the Jaguars. Um... And I love it. I really do. But I am stepping away for a while. Um, I have struggled with anxiety and depression for a long time now. And while these things have been a part of my life for many years, recent events in my personal life have made life a lot more difficult. And I'm being open about this and candid about this on this podcast not to scare anyone or anything like that, but because the conversation around mental health is one that I find extremely important and is very near and dear to my heart. And it's one that I think every single person should be having, whether you've gone through depression or any mental issues or you haven't. It doesn't matter. This is important for everyone because everyone knows someone who has gone through something. (laughs) And you may not even know it. If you ever find yourself feeling 
alone or depressed or cornered or empty. Like there's nothing you can do. There's nowhere you can go to make things better or make yourself feel better. Please don't wallow in it. Take that leap and ask for help. It can truly make all the difference in the world, guys. (laughs) If anyone is listening to this that has experienced anything like that or who knows maybe you're going through it right now or maybe you have a friend that's going through something like this right now just know you aren't alone at the very least I am with you I care about you and I'm willing to bet that more people do too Don't give up. Keep fighting. Keep living. Find the things in your life that you cherish. And find the people that are most important to you. I love you guys truly and I hope that I'll be back on this podcast sometime very soon. All right, and we're back. Um very very proud of Sam for destigmatizing the conversation about mental health. Uh, we've talked about it a few times before on this show and our old fantasy show because mental health is something that afflicts everyone. Um, and I'm, uh, we obviously love Sam and hope he gets as, gets back to us as quickly as he can. Um, but I'm, I'm very proud of him for getting the help that he needs. We love you, Sammy. With that, we, uh, have to shift our focus towards week five of the NFL season. But before we do that, we've got some quick questions for you. So why do you want to go first or you want me to go? You can go first. Okay. Um, this is, we're sort of a quarter into the season. It's kind of hard with 17 weeks now. Um, but we've got a kind of better picture of which teams are good, which teams are bad. Obviously some teams like the chiefs have won two games, um, and they're better than that record. Um, but my question for you is how many teams could win the Super Bowl? do you think? So if somebody had a time travel machine and came back into the past and told me there's, there's a list of about maybe eight to 10 teams that I wouldn't call him totally insane. If he told me that they won the Super Bowl this year. Um, so obviously you've got the obvious ones. You got the chiefs and the Buccaneers. Yeah. Still, uh, the the Rams, the bills, the Rams, honestly, the Cardinals, 
Yeah, they've started out. Kyler's proven that... They're the only undefeated team. Yeah, so. he's proven that he can perform at a high enough level to uh, be a playoff contender. I think definitely the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is on a mission. That's six teams so, so far? So that's six now. So All right, you want to say the Cowboys. Say the Cowboys. I do want to say the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I think the Dallas Cowboys are definitely... One of those teams, I would not call you totally insane. In fact, if the time traveler told me that the Dallas Cowboys gave him the Super, win the Super Bowl this year, I would give him a big hug and maybe even a kiss. So <laughs> Wyatt is uh, breaking the trend on hosts liking AFC South teams. Big Cowboys fan. Um, and I think that if someone had told you before the season that the Cowboys are a Super Bowl contender, you would think they were insane. Watching Absolutely. them through four weeks, maybe not. Um, so that's seven teams we mentioned: Bucks, Chiefs, Rams, Cardinals, Cowboys, Packers. Um, we need to talk about the Ravens and Raven, the Browns. I think the Ravens think. and the Browns are two more. And then you could slide in. I feel like that's that might be it. That, I feel like that's it. We've got some really, really good teams that have shown out. Yeah. Oh, and I didn't mention the Bills in that list, so that gives us nine teams. Yeah, and I think that that's about fair. Um, you can talk about like the Raiders probably make the playoffs. There, there's a few other teams that knuckle under that the, that the list. Chiefs we talked that, about the Chargers probably. The dangerous teams could beat any team any given week, but. Win the Super Bowl. Yeah, winning the Super Bowl might be a stretch. Okay, I'm with you. Nine teams. That's usually about the range. It's eight to ten. So yeah, I like that parity. That's a good, uh, that's a good ratio. I, I like t- that parity especially because the Cowboys are in there. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, what's your first question for me? So, Oscar, my question to you is: Who are your first quarter of the season award winners? And the list of awards we'll be mentioning are MVP. Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive and Defensive Rookies of the Year. I think we should talk about Coach of the Year also. Oh, yes, yes. I did forget to mention that. Um, MVP has got to be Kyler Murray. They're they're the only undefeated team. He's like like the perfect backyard football quarterback, like running around back there, like... That that team is so fun to watch. And DeAndre Hopkins actually isn't even playing that well. Um, But he's still... I mean, they've got like four receivers that are just yeah. making plays. Rondale Moore is showing out. Yeah. Christian Kirk, Gigum. Absolutely. Um, so I think that one's obvious. Offensive player of the year. It There's two ways you can go about this. You can go just whoever won MVP usually gets it, and you go Kyler. Or you can play the game of usually whoever wins MVP, they give it to the second best player so that they get something. The second best non same position. So like yeah, it couldn't exactly. it couldn't be like Patrick Mahomes. Usually they pick a different position. Um man, it's hard to go against Cooper Cup or Derrick Henry. Oh, we're talking about offensive. Oh shoot. <laughs> well <laughs> you gave away my pick for the next yeah, one. Yeah, that was my pick too. I was thinking ahead of myself. Um I mean Travis Kelsey's been great. Nobody on my fantasy team. <laughs> um, 
I think it's got to be Derrick Henry. He's leading the league in rushing yards by like 150 He's been yards. By far the best running back. And so this far. is hilarious because Dalton was on what two or three weeks ago, and we shat on him for <laughs> for liking the Titans so much. And what has Derrick Henry done since then? But be the best, the offensive player of the year. Um, plus, like there are a lot of receivers in contention, so it's hard to pick Cooper Cup. Yeah. Um, and even though the Titans just lost to the Jets, which I think is hilarious, I think Derrick Henry is uh, has looked like a monster out there. That hasn't been his fault that they're losing no. games by no. any means. Defensive Player of the Year, I think. I think Miles Garrett. It's got to be Miles Garrett as of right now. He had four now. and a half sacks in a game. He's got six sacks so far. Chandler Jones had five, so we've had another crazy sack total. But Miles Garrett is impacting the game every single play. You watch the Browns; he is just like tearing through offensive lines and the the Browns can score 14 points on offense like they did last week and the game just doesn't feel close we all came into the season thinking with the amount of playmakers they had in their running game that it was gonna be their offense but so far through four weeks their offense has been all right all right it's been for for what we expected of them it's been questionable in terms of league average it's still been fine um, and their defense has played very well, yeah, and that's been, why they're 3-1. They've one. been quite okay, thanks to Miles Garrett, and got a shout-out, former Texan Jadavian Clowney playing well across from him. Um, their rookie linebacker, J.O.K., uh, they've got a great secondary. All of those pieces from uh, the offseason kind of coming in and playing well. So, But Miles Garrett is the forefront of that. Offensive and de- defensive rookie of the year, um, I think defensive rookie of the year right now is not even You're going to say Michael Parsons. I absolutely yeah. going to say Michael Parsons. Yeah, I think I think he's got a really good case. Um, yeah, I can't even. I'm. I'm. I mean, there's been other been, great rookies like Asante Samuel Jr. Has been yeah, playing well, super well. There's interceptions in the last two weeks. Um, Joe Tryon, the mm-hmm. uh, the defensive end from Tampa, has been really good. He had two sacks last week. There, it's early. These rookies are barely yeah, showing their potential right now, and the fact that these guys are playing so well is is a good sign for the future. Offensive rookie, I don't even. Know. Jamar Chase. Yeah, he. Yeah, I mean, he's on pace for over twelve hundred yards right yeah, now. Yeah, that's a good. Not sure he, fin- he finished with that, but I mean, he's really uh, put to bed a lot of those preseason rumors about Big him time. dropping passes, Big losing time. his confidence, and he, he lost his uh, on fire touchdown streak. He had one mm-hmm. in each of the first three games. Lost that this last week. Still played so well. I'll talk about that in a little bit. He was. One of the players that stood out in that Jags-Bengals game. None of the quarterbacks have played. I mean, we've gone over that a lot. They've all they looked a lot better last week, but as a whole, have not played super well this season. It's very rare for a rookie quarterback in the first four weeks to come out and set the league on fire. It doesn't happen Which very was often. Why Justin Herbert? That was crazy. Yeah, exactly. He came in his second week, but um, yeah, I think Jamar Chase is a good. Good option. I was going to try and think of rookie running backs, but Najee Harris has been swamped by the Steelers yeah, that being so bad. Normally it is rookie running backs that win yeah. the award. I mean, he's looked like a monster, but he's not getting any blocking. And no, he Right now, I think Jamar Chase is a good yeah. alternative. 
Um, and I know linemen never win, but Rashawn Slater has been very highly crazy rated. Crazy good. I'm not an expert at watching no, uh, offensive linemen highlights or <laughs> statistics neither. by any means, but from everything I've read, he's been doing phenomenal. Yeah. So, I think at least through three weeks, he was still yet to allow a sack, which is crazy for a rookie left tackle. But yeah, he's looked good. All right, well, let's move on. We got some... Other uh, sports headlines that we do want to cover, which is we haven't had for a couple weeks, so I'm excited. Uh, playoff baseball is here. Wyatt and I watched the Red Sox beat the Yankees two nights ago. It was glorious. America wins when the Yankees lose. <laughs> As David Ortiz says, the Yankees lose. Um, so I'm, I'm happy about that. And then the Dodgers walked it off last night. Against the Cardinals. Very beautiful Sure did. Well. Yeah, that was a good game. Um, as I've mentioned before, I'm not a huge baseball guy. I know just enough to make conversation, but both those were great games. Yes. Um, do you have anything else you want to add about those? I just have to say, as a Texas Rangers fan, <laughs> watching the that's Cardinals been going lose. through a lot the past few years. We just finished with 102 losses. Uh, it was nice to see my grandfather's team, the Los Angeles Dodgers, formerly the Brooklyn Dodgers, put the St. Louis Cardinals right in their place. So that was beautiful. Yeah, Wyatt's been scarred by a man named David Freeze, uh, who is a, I still hear a Cardinals legend. But... Uh, Hurts, hurts Rangers fans to their core. Um, next headline. Have we, as we've mentioned on this podcast, for AM football fans, we're Aggies. And uh, a couple weeks ago, we were pretty hopeful. I think the last time we talked to you, we were about to watch the team take on the Razorbacks I in Dallas. Say, I wasn't sure if y'all talked about the Arkansas no. game on the last week podcast. And honestly, if we were recording after that podcast, I would say, well, that sucks, but at least we've still got like the rest of the season to look forward to. You know, we, it was one bad week, and then we lost to Mississippi State this past weekend, and uh, Wyatt and I were at that game, and it sucked. <laughs> yep. They kept us there just long enough for us to have to stay at the end and watch the safety. Yep. That was the game clincher. So, And to defend Zach Calzada... He's, what is he, he's 20 years old. Yes. He's two years younger than us. He's a college student just like us. I could not imagine stepping out into a field of 50, 100,000 people watching me, screaming at me, especially after the last couple weeks, knowing that they all hate you. Um, I feel for him. However, and it's nothing personal, but I've been an A&M fan for over a decade, and this is the worst quarterbacking Worst signal calling I've ever seen from a Texas A&M Aggie. Yeah, it's o crazy. Over a multiple week span, I'm sure we've had some guy get thrown in there for half a game or something. But and man, I don't know what was. Uh, oh, that quarter Hubenak. He played better than Calzada. He was our starter for like three years. Two, yeah, two years, two, two years. three years. Yeah, yeah he, I mean, he wasn't phenomenal, but he was our starter for that long yeah. for a reason. He was fine. Man, it's been tough. And really, it's Jimbo Fisher is the second highest paid coach in college football. He's got to have a better quarterback room yeah, than this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Haynes King going down sucks, but 
Haynes King didn't look great his first week. I think he'd be playing way better than Zach Calzada right now. But if Zach Calzada is your second option behind Haynes King, there's some issues. And we've got a great prospect coming in next year, a top 100 quarterback. His name is Connor Wiegman. Wiegman. And he's going to be good, I hope. Man, I hope. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But he should have been – that's the most important position in sports is the quarterback. And he should have been more prepared, especially with our defense hasn't looked good, but can't put too much blame on them when you've got – They're on the field 70% of the game. It's It's been a rough couple weeks. Um, I was hoping – you know, you've got your levels. You, you've got all your, your your teams, and all my teams suck. I've got the Texans. The Spurs are rebuilding. My fantasy team, I went all in for the championship last year. And so I was like, A&M football, we're going to be so good. We're going to contend for the national championship. And, man, we are going to be lucky to get a good bowl game. Yeah. After the Arkansas loss, we were like, you know, if we – Still lose to Bama and then win out. We can get a good, maybe even an NY6 Bowl. Like, nope. Not anymore. We nope. might be looking at, like, the... I, I don't even know. I'd have to make Cheez-It a... Cheese it Bowl. Cheese it Bowl. The, the Tostitos, uh, John Deere. Yeah. <laughs> just throw a bunch of brands together. Ugh. Yeah, it's tough. Let's, let's, uh, let's shift. On. Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about some brighter pastures. Wyatt and I are both huge basketball fans. Honestly, I'm more excited to watch the Mavs and the rebuilding Spurs than I am the Texans or the Aggies. Um, and, and I'll shift it over to you. You're the Mavs. You're the resident Mavs fan on the podcast. How excited are you? I'm extremely excited. Um, Luka Doncic is a transcendent talent. I, sure is. Oscar's heard me say that enough. I think everybody <laughs> knows that, but... Um, I'm excited. Kristaps Porzingis had his first healthy offseason. Uh, I just watched their first preseason game a couple nights ago, and he looked – his lateral movement looked smoother, if that makes any sense. For sure. I mean, he's come um, off significant leg injuries. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it, 90% of the time when he's been on the floor, he's been a good player. Um, the 10% everyone remembers is this last playoff series against the Clippers, where he not only faced the worst possible matchup – in the Clippers team, probably. And he was also just coached out of the game. And he's been on the team for a year and a half. And that half a year, he was mostly injured. Yeah. Like. Anyway, I'm, I'm very excited. I think... I'm, we're not going to contend for a championship by any means. But I think we definitely should win a playoff series this year. I think Luka will once again be in the MVP conversation. Oh, yeah. I think he's the odds-on favorite right now. Yeah, he was the odds-on favorite last year. Um, going into the season. Yeah, which I'm not sure we'll have a good enough record for him to win it because a lot of that depends on team record. But honestly, you never know. You never know. With, with a player like Luka, you could theoretically beat almost any team in a playoff series if he's on fire. So, I mean, it, it took a historic Kawhi Game 6 performance. Sure the, be, the best playoff performance of his career on, yeah. on a single-game basis to keep us from clinching that series and moving on. Needless to say, you're excited. Very excited. Could, um, could be a good season. Um, let's do quick like teams that are contenders. Then I'll give a Spurs spiel. And that was hard to say. And then uh, we'll move on to what the podcast is really focused on, how bad the Texans and the Jags are. Um, contenders in the upcoming NBA season. 
I think the top three are Nets, Bucks, Lakers. We'll see what happens with Kyrie Irving, but regardless, the Nets are with the a best healthy team Kevin Durant, James basketball. Harden. There should be no no team that can beat them. Yeah. I don't care what any uh, irrational Lakers fan has to say <laughs> about that. Um, but it does make the playing field a lot easier. Oh, for sure. Not having, I mean, Kyrie's a fantastic yeah. player. Um, other teams, you could talk about the Celtics, the Hawks, the Sixers, the Heat are probably the other teams in the East. Um, what, the Jazz, Suns, Mavs. Clippers what? and Nuggets are both good, but they just, they're, they're missing, missing their key pieces. best players. Um... We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I, I'm very excited for this NBA season, but, I mean, if everything goes to plan, there should be one team that is raising the Larry O'Brien trophy this year. Yeah, the, the Nets should be very They are far and away the most complete team. Yeah, we'll see what happens well, with we'll Kyrie. See. Yeah. Um, Spurs, we're going to be bad. I, You know, if we were to finish above 500, it would be a shock to me. And everyone else. Um, but we're going to have a great defense. we got a lot of young guys that are all pretty good defenders and like playing defense, which is like the recipe for a top 10 defensive team. Oh, for sure. Um, DeJounte Murray is still ascending. Love him. Um, Josh Primo looks really good in the preseason right now. He was our rookie pick that everyone thinks we reached on. And we got a lot of good players. I'm, I'm excited to watch. I will be watching a lot of Spurs this season. Uh, I know that... Not a whole lot of other people will, but um, I'm excited. It's it's going to be a good season. You awaiting any uh, Ben Simmons news regarding the Spurs, Oscar? I don't. I I think that we're probably like the third or fourth most likely team down the list. I think the Timberwolves, maybe Trailblazers. Yeah. But if the Spurs were to trade for him, it'd be really nice. I'd be sad to see the players go that we'd have to trade in that. Um, Dejounte Murray, for example. Yes, that would be really sad. Be a piece of that trade. But Ben Simmons would be very exciting to have on the Spurs. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on. We've got some NFL wide news, and then we'll talk about these last two Texans and Jags games. Actually, yeah, the last two weeks since we missed you last week, and then we'll look towards next week. All right, in terms of league-wide news, I just want to say fuck TV coverage decisions this season. I've never seen it so poorly managed, and I know that there are a lot of providers trying to jockey between each other for who gets to cover what game, but the NFL Network got exclusive coverage of Thursday night, so for the first four weeks of the season, you could not watch it unless you were a paying NFL Network subscriber. And then between Fox and CBS, they're not, they're, they're, they've decided to play one or two games between the noon and the 305 game slates. And they, they have six yeah. each. So in College more. Station, we'll get either the Cowboys game or the Texans game, probably. Maybe. And then nothing else. Yeah. The rest of the games, we've got to find another way to watch. Thank you, Stream East. Yeah. Uh, we we uh, are big proponents of watching and torrenting NFL games, uh, especially when the NFL Network sucks super bad. Um, that's all I really wanted to say. Just like it's, just, it's been over the past few years, it's happened in the NBA. I was 
trying to watch Mavs games in uh, the local area. They're all broadcast from Fox Sports Southwest, and we had YouTube TV as a family. And Fox Sports Southwest signed an exclusive deal with AT&T TV, so now we couldn't, couldn't watch, watch any yeah. Mavericks, Dallas Stars, Texas Rangers games at all. Yeah. So we had to switch to AT&T TV. Because the premise of shifting away from cable was a good one because you could pay only for what you wanted to watch. Yep. But now you're paying more for the select services to for what you want to watch than you were for cable in the first place. So it's it's tough. Um, that's all I wanted to say about that. Hopefully, I mean Thursday night is back to normal. Fox has it again, and you can watch it on Amazon Prime and on Yahoo Sports. So there are a lot of alternatives. There's only a four week. Uh, but still, contract. the Texans and the Cowboys played in those two, those yeah. four weeks. It yep. sucked. Um. I, speaking of TV coverage, though, I would like to compliment the Manning cast. ESPN knocked it out of the park with that one. It is so fun to watch. They bring in really exciting guests. Um, and watching Peyton Manning live react to how the offensive line is protecting the quarterback or the receiver turning at the wrong spot and the quarterback, he's like feeling for the quarterback. He's one of, if not the best, at analyzing the field. In the history of football, yeah. I mean, you see, you see how big his head is. There's got to be a lot of knowledge in that. And, I mean, Eli, too. Eli's also a Hall of Fame quarterback. You can't discount his knowledge either. No, not at all. It's so it's just really entertaining. Um, the, so The one thing, the one caveat I have with that is I, I, I love it, but when, I think when you're watching your own team, at least in my experience, when they had the Cowboys game on the Manning cast, it was a little different because I'm much more emotionally invested in the like actual results of the game instead of like analyzing and they'd have guests on like Nick Saban and the whole time they're talking about recruiting in college. They're not talking about the game at all. Yeah. They're not, they're cutting over the ref speaking, calling yeah, it a penalty. Several times I'd miss what penalty was called. And it's yeah. just, it, 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 my suggestion is if you're watching your own team, it's not the best option. Otherwise, if you're just an NFL fan who just likes watching any NFL games, I think it's fantastic. I yeah. think ESPN's done a great job so far, and it's only going to get better. They're only going to keep getting better. Yeah. Oh yeah. I uh, I will say I will not have to worry about my team playing on a Monday <laughs> night game because no. the Texans will not get scheduled for for prime time. All right. Well, turning to the Cowboys because they are your team. We mentioned them in the eight or nine teams that could win the Super Bowl. It's been so fun to watch, man. Sam and I tried to make a message. We, we tried to record last week. I, I tweeted about it on our Twitter a little bit. Um, we had some really bad connection issues. But Sam went to the Cowboys-Eagles game last Monday and said it was like the most fun sporting event he'd ever been to. Well, it, it was art in its truest form. They, okay. The Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles getting stomped is... Yeah. Every Cowboys fan's dream. Um, Dak is playing almost at MVP level. Zeke looks finally good after two years. Um, Tony Pollard right behind him is playing well. The offensive line is finally healthy. The defense is playing way better than anyone expected, thanks to Micah Parsons and Trevon Diggs. Randy and Gregory's been great. Randy G Gregory's been good. Keanu Neal's been great. So it's been, it's been fun to watch. And props to Dan Quinn, man, because Sam and I actually – trashed him before the season started um i was more optimistic about that because given uh, given our defense last season there was nowhere to go but up no 
Um, and so and far, done Mike great. Nolan? Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe the worst defensive coordinator in NFL yeah, history. Statistically, you could make that case. And, so um, there, good and for the Cowboys, man. Even with Demarcus Lawrence out, we've we've looked phenomenal so far. And it is a uh, Jason Garrett revenge game this week for the yeah, Cowboys. I can't wait to see his uh, his complicated offensive scheme that he's going to come up with. To <laughs> and watch him clap as the Giants are down. Yeah, 30 as, to 10. as Daniel Jones. Has another has his third straight three and out. Hey, Daniel Jones is playing well this season. He has he has played way better than every expectation, You're uh, right? And he is still a top eighteen quarterback, maybe. So yeah. come on, Giants. First was he the first quarterback taken off the board or the second? He was a six overall pick. Six overall pick. It was uh, Kyler. Yes. Okay. So he was second. Okay. There were not a whole lot of other no, quarterbacks. No, no, but, I, but just, I just remember at the time when he got drafted. They could have like, Jalen Hurts, man. So and he's looked way better. Yeah. Um, last bit of news, and we'll talk about this a lot with the Jags. Urban Meyer <laughs> has lost all respect from the team. Um, there are reports of so. The thing that sort of kicked off this becoming a national headline, Urban did not fly home with the team from Cincinnati on Thursday. Uh, The team went back to Jacksonville. Urban's got a bar in Ohio. Obviously, he coached at Ohio State for a long time that he decided to go to and uh, was seen with with a young woman up, uh, up against him, not his wife. Not his wife, no. Let's, uh, let's clarify that. Uh, his wife was tweeting about being at home with the grandkids while this was going on. Uh, it, it just, it's infidelity. There was no real, like, what happened. It was just a couple videos of Urban with this lady on his lap at the bar, not his wife. Um, but that's just the last straw. It's not about the infidelity. Hey, I'm sure there are... Plenty of NFL coaches who have and been players and players and owners who have not been faithful to their wives. That sucks. This is about Urban having zero respect in the locker room. It's it's a distraction. We're not condoning the infidelity, but it's less about what he actually did and more about the team being in the headlines, being in a negative public eye. While they're zero and four, their closest games this far this season was against the. Bengals on Thursday night and the Jags collapsed. They were down. They were up twenty-four to or twenty-one to fourteen with like ten minutes left. Did not score again, and I will put that all on Urban. Um, supposedly, this past weekend, Urban had a meeting with the team, yeah. apologized, was not very truthful. Supposedly about what happened, or allegedly sincere. or sincere at all. And as soon as he left the locker room, apparently it burst out in laughter across the board. Um, I saw... No, you go. He's talking to grown men now. He's not talking to 18 to 22-year-olds anymore. Um, It's it's, it's almost a lack of maturity from... I don't even know how old he is. 60? Yeah. Yep. We'll see. It's tough. I saw a really good tweet from Chris Long... Um, former NFL player tweeted, if I am a veteran in the Jacksonville locker room, I am now my own boss. And I think that that is the perfect way to say it. Um, I'm surprised he didn't get fired this weekend. I'll be honest. I think that 
if they do not win sometime in the next two weeks and there is no positive press about his impact, he's gone. Yeah. You, um, you can't you can't screw around when you've got Trevor Lawrence in the locker room. No. You gotta got optimize his potential. The shitty thing is they could have hired Eric Bieniemy. He was the second candidate who's Yet again, looking great as an offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. Yeah, the Cowboys could have hired him too. Well, the Cowboys have Kellen Moore, uh, which is another candidate. Because he will be gone, and then we'll be stuck with Mike McCarthy. So we'll see how that goes. Anyways. Yep, that's all we wanted to say. The Jags are 0-4. The Texans are 1-3 and and got beat uh, in... Statistically, the worst, the best defensive game of all time by the Bills. They won forty to zero, and the Texans were never in the game. Uh, we we know what we have in Davis Mills now. We, me and Oscar were watching the highlights together, trying to take notes on the game, and he was trying to scrounge any conclusion from this. And as I was watching it, I was just like, I don't think there's anything to take away from this game other than just Davis Mills, isn't it? He, he, he might be the, the professional parallel to Zach Calzada. So. Yeah, and I got a feel for him because Tyrod had the job. We were winning through one and a half games. We had beat the hell out of the Jags. We were beating the Browns hung, at hung halftime. The Browns, yeah. um, and Davis Mills got thrown into that. So through his first two weeks... When he came in in relief for Tyrod against the Browns and lost, and then we lost to the Panthers, I was like, can't put too much of this on him. And then he threw four picks against the Bills. Our offense, I think we had like three first downs or something. Like it was miserable watching this game. And it was, I was watching the Cowboys game next to it with Wyatt, watching them stomp the Panthers, who we just lost to the week before. Um, I can't, you know, it, it sucks because if Tyrod was our starter, I think that we would be at least 2-2. Two and two. We'd have either maintained the lead against the Browns or beat the Panthers. We would have lost against the Bills. And I think our offense would look really good. But I just have to ask, what happened to the creative Tim Kelly, who's our offensive coordinator offense, we saw for those first one and a half games? I think some of it might have to do with just maybe not having a lot of confidence in Davis Mills. you got to maybe call some safer plays for him. Yeah, but maybe they just don't want to use that. knows what's coming. Yeah. Run, run, pass, run, run, pass. Yeah. It's It's been tough. Um, little fun stat. The Texans now have the league's run heaviest offense and somehow also have the worst rushing offense in the league. Uh, I got that from the Texans, uh, the athletics reporter on the Texans, Aaron Rice. He tweeted that, that's unbelievable, man. Uh, quick quote from David Culley after the game. You could put Joe Montana back there, and we're not going to have any success on offense. He's trying what? to protect his quarterback. <laughs> I, I don't blame people for sometimes saying ridicu- having ridiculous metaphors in front of a microphone. I know I would say a lot of stupid stuff if I was interviewed 10 times a week. Yeah. More than that. But... That's just untrue. It sure is. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think we can all agree on that. We're looking great with Tyrod, and uh, Joe Montana is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. But, uh, yeah, I can't I can't blame David Coley too much for protecting his rookie quarterback. What I can blame the Texans organization for is drafting a quarterback in the third round that we did not have a whole lot of da- data on. We were wanting to draft Kellen Mond in that spot, 
and even that would have been a bad pick. We should have been reloading our rookie, our young talent, and then worry about a quarterback next year. I would be much happier if we went into the season with Tyrod and Jeff Driscoll as our one and two. I think we'd be playing better also. Um, and let's say Tyrod still gets hurt and Jeff Driscoll's your quarterback. Like You're probably in a similar position as you are now, except you spent a third-round pick on yeah, a didn't valuable position didn't burn a third-round pick on Davis Mills, uh, who did just have the worst quarterback rating game in the past three seasons, had a .8 QBR. Which is, that's since the Nathan Peterman game, isn't it? Sure is. Oh. Um, and <laughs> I mentioned this earlier, the Bills had the best defensive game of all time. Not the last three years. Literally all time since data has been tracked. Um, another Texans mishap. Anthony Miller, who we traded the Bears a fifth rounder for Anthony Miller and a seventh rounder. So basically, we gave them a sixth rounder, if you, if you average it out, for Anthony Miller. And he played one and a half games for us, maybe two. Um, scored a touchdown against the Panthers, I thought that, that was going to be fine, and we cut him uh, on Wednesday. <sighs> Why are we burning picks on that? I get you want to see if you've got something in this young guy, but I could have told you he wasn't going to be good, and we brought in Danny Amendola as our slot receiver. We had Kiki Kuti already on the team, cut him before the season. Just like, I've been happy with what Nick Casario's done as a whole throughout this offseason, he's turned the worst roster in the league to still the worst roster in the league, but that has some, at least, veteran presence, some shiftiness, excitedness. Um, but this was this was tough. Yeah. And y'all need maybe another year to build, like, a true young rookie core. Yeah, so we, right, need, right, we need one or two drafts. So yeah. right now, in, instead of that, because you haven't had enough time yet with that kind of re- – because your rebuild started extremely abruptly – very abrupt. Um, it's a good idea to establish a veteran presence and create a winning culture first. So why did we trade for Anthony Miller? Exactly. Right? Yeah. So that sucks. Not shocking. Um, I guess the only positives that I've got to spin out of this, the first passing play for the Bills all game, Lonnie Johnson picked him off. He has been very surprising. Sam actually mentioned him as a X factor before the season. I don't know if y'all remember that. Um, he is playing safety most of the time and has been, as a whole, pretty good. So I'm excited about that. We've got a really good safety core between him and Justin Reed. Uh, and then we played great red zone defense for most of the game. We held them to a lot of short field goals. A few of their touchdowns were like long plays or it would be a chunk play to like the five-yard yeah. line. Um, when you're looking for positives, that's one, I guess. I have a positive. Okay. Y'all are going to keep losing. A sure. Lot. Well, while Davis Mills is our starter, we're going to lose a bunch, um, which is which is the best thing. It just it sucks because if we were going to be this bad, I wish we could have started this rebuild last year with all these great, this five great rookie class of quarterbacks, and next year it is not looking nearly as strong. No. Um, Last positive, we got to see Mitchell Trubisky in action. He is now a, a Buffalo Bill, and he scored a rushing he touchdown. Scored, he did score a rushing touchdown. Made the game 40-0. to zero. Looked let's better than Davis talk, Mills. Let's stop talking about the Texans. We play the Patriots in Houston this week. Um, 
There's no... <laughs> the Patriots are going to beat us pretty bad. They're going to have the perfect... Even if our defense looks fine against Mac Jones, they're going to come in with the perfect game plan for Davis Mills, which is not hard to do. Jags talked about it. They lost in a quote-unquote thriller to the Bengals on Thursday night. It was actually a pretty good game throughout... The both. Jags' offense looked pretty good. Actually, both Both quarterbacks played very well. Played very well. Trevor Lawrence had one rushing touchdown, was almost two. Yeah. It was pretty cool. He looked really, really good on the ground. Um, I've got to shout out Jamal Agnew. He is going to make the All-Pro team. I just keep saying this. I'm so excited. <laughs> he had that kick return touchdown that we talked about two weeks ago. And then this last week ran back a or two weeks ago ran back a field goal attempt for 109 yards, the longest play in NFL history. Um, when you have two return touchdowns, you're going to make the All Pro team. He could be inactive the rest of the season, and he could probably still make the All Pro team as a returner. Sure could. And I, the really exciting thing is they're using him on offense. He's like a running back receiver. Uh, shifty guy. He's been. He made some great he catches. Made some in that great Bengals catch. Game. He, he had made the a, best he had, catch. Yeah, he had that toe tapping catch yeah. the, on the sideline. So excited for him. They they picked him off, picked him up off the free agency this off season, um, which looks to be a very good signing. Meanwhile, Andre Roberts, the Texans returner, uh, has fumbled twice, and he was a former All Pro. So yeah. that sucks. Uh, the Texans have the worst return unit in the league right now. We're 29th in kick returns, 31st in punt returns, and I don't know. It's it's really bad. <laughs> um, God. Other notes, Urban Meyer, man. We already covered that, but again, what a ridiculous situation. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, C.J. Henderson. Interesting. First round pick last year traded for a third rounder and tight end Dan Arnold from the Panthers last week. I mean, if it's it's a if it's a sunk cost, which I think the Jags are considering it to be, that's an all right return. But he was a top ten pick last yeah. year. So, in their defense, I mean, they're I guess they're trying to add more weapons for Trevor Lawrence. Oh yeah, been and adding Dan Arnold is great. They've been shallow in the tight end position. So yeah. Um, but he spent a top 10 pick on C.J. Henderson, and he's gone the next year. That's tough. And now he's just bolstering an already great Carolina defense. Yeah, he probably won't even start for them now Yes, Stephon Gilmore signing there. That's something we should have talked about um, in NFL news. Both Stephon Gilmore and uh, Jalen Smith Smith were Surprise releases. Surprise releases after week four. Um, And... Uh, Jalen Smith signed with the Packers. Stephon Gilmore signed with the Panthers. Both are crazy, but Stephon Gilmore won AFC Defensive Player of the Year two years ago. Yep. Crazy. Back to the Jags. LaVisca Chenault keeps looking better and better. He had a career year, career day on Thursday. Um, James Robinson. Had James a great Robinson day too. played a great they're, game. They've got their skill players are looking good. Looking great, and then Dan Arnold. Adds to that, which yep. is cool. Uh, I've mentioned this pretty much every week of the podcast. See what James Robinson, see what using him more does for the team. Screw Carlos Hyde. James Robinson is so good. Um, Just adds to the question why they spent a 
first round pick on Travis. Took the Etienne. words right out of my mouth. Um, I was uh, with Samuel McFadden when that pick was made. He was not too thrilled. Was not. Which I get it. He's your quarterback. He's your number one overall pick, generational prospect. It's his college running back. He probably wanted you to go out and get his guy, and he was probably very happy that he went out and got his guy. But at the end of the first round, I, how many times are we going to be able to have to say this, that at the running back position, it's almost never worth they, they, spending uh, James that Robinson was an undrafted free agent last year. And he had a 1,000-yard season. And had a 1,000-yard season. He had the great. best undrafted rookie running back season of all time. And the Jags were like, you know what? We're going to draft another guy. Um, Bengals, quick notes. Jeez, Jamar Chase is good. We talked about him already. <laughs> Crazy. And then the Jags defense needs some work. They let uh, C.J. Uzoma... If you're asking who is that, I don't blame you. He's a, a journeyman tight end. Looked like Travis Kelsey. He looked like Travis Kelsey against the Jets. <laughs> so that's uh, that's tough. That's about it. Um, the Jags play the Titans in Jacksonville this week, which could be you know divisional games. I don't know. What, know. I don't know what the odds are for that game, but if you're a gambler, that might be a good uh, a good Jacksonville pick. Trevor Lawrence has looked better almost every week. The Titans just lost to the Jets. Yeah, bet the spread on they're Jacksonville. At an, they're at an all-time low. Anything could happen. This could be their first win. You don't it, know. Oh, for sure. I would like it to be their first win, and the Texans keep losing. Mm. Uh, speaking of, the Je- the Titans lost the Jets last week. The Colts got their first win, Yeah. Uh, which makes it four wins through four weeks for the AFC South. They've, uh, they've overtaken the NFC East, I think. It's going to be a historic season in a bad uh, way. We thought the NFC East was bad last year. We'll see where the AFC South is heading this year. Yep. Um, that's kind of all I wanted to talk about. Uh, we sort of breezed over what happened two weeks ago. Again, we didn't have a podcast. The Texans lost to the Panthers in a semi-competitive game. It was out of hand by the end, though. And then the Jags lost to the Broncos in a similar way. The uh, score was actually decently close for most of the game. Um, but it was still tough. I think that's it. I think we've had we've caused our listeners enough pain between our teams, between the Texans, Jags, and Aggies. Uh, but let's do a quick fantasy corner before we head out. Um, we thought we would run through our fantasy MVP so far and then some sell high and buy low candidates. Okay. I'll let you go first. Well, I guess in terms of positional, like differentiation between the highest score and the second highest score, I'm pretty sure Derrick Henry is far ahead in the running back rankings right now as the number one running back score. I could be wrong. Um, but so far he's been by far the best fantasy running back. Christian McCaffrey got hurt. Um, Zeke had a slow week. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I'm not too into fantasy this year. I've taken my foot off the pedal. Okay, but a as bit. a whole, <laughs> like in fantasy as a whole, who would you consider your MVP? Kyler and Mahomes. Kyler's a very, very good option. Um, but we've talked about this on our other show. Quarterbacks. Yeah, you can find a lot yeah. of good options. That's why I mentioned pos- positional like differentiation between the top tier. Like 
yeah, Mahomes and Kyler are great, but there's five, six other quarterbacks that are yeah. just below them. Uh, so, yeah, Derrick Henry's dominating the running backs. On the receiver side, it's probably Cooper Cup. Yeah, he's been great. He had a down week last week. Travis Kelsey, once again, is the best tight end in fantasy. Yeah, We're not even not shocked. Not a surprise. We don't even need to um, touch on that too much. I am shocked about Derrick Henry. I'm glad you mentioned him. He looked bad through a couple weeks and then turned it on. Um, he's looked super good. Um, Tyree Kill had a huge week. He's right back up in the runnings again. Jeez, man. He had 190 yards and three touchdowns. You can't, you can't ask for anything more. Um, but he, is, he has been sort of boomer bust this year. I do want to go back and correct. I kept talking about the Jags beating the Broncos last week. It was two weeks ago. We've already talked about that game. They, beat the, or they lost to the Cardinals this last week. Um, and it was actually a pretty close game until the last quarter, and they lost 31-19. to We don't need to rehash any of that. The Texans and Jags are both bad. Texans only win is against the Jags. That's enough. Return to fantasy. Um, there are a lot of good options for MVP. How about some sell high and buy low candidates if people are looking to make some trades? Well, originally I thought after Zeke's big week against the Chargers that I would sell high on Zeke. I turned him for Chris Carson and Mike Evans. And all of a sudden, Chris Carson now... Well, actually, let's preface it. it was, I traded Ezekiel Elliott and DJ Chark for Mike Evans, Chris Carson, and Robert Tanyan. Um, immediately after that, on the third play of the game, DJ Chark had a horrific injury carded off the field. Obviously horrible to see, but as a fantasy owner, I was like, ooh, I just dodged a bullet there. Little did I know that about a week later, Chris Carson would be diagnosed with a uh, long-term chronic neck injury. Chronic and neck injury. so far, the game is tonight, and they still haven't officially ruled him out. He's not going to play. No. Um, but it's, it's making me question how ambiguous of a, of a statement that is like long, also, what does how that long mean? is this going to last? Does this mean he's just going to have neck pain? He's going to be able to play in three weeks because football players just put up with that shit. Or is he going to be out for the rest of the season? Like we don't, uh, well, only time will tell. Only time will tell. I feel bad. I was giving some advice to both sides of this trade. We're talking, and I'm glad you brought it up because that's something that I did want to mention because Wyatt and Chase and Victor in our league had this trade. Wyatt just detailed. And I said that it was a fair trade for both sides. Um, I did tell Wyatt that I would not have made it. I did not know that Chris Carson was going to get <laughs> injured. Chronic neck injury just does not sound good. Yeah. Um, I the reason but I, you got to take the risk in fantasy. Yeah, you got to make trades, and usually you don't want to give up the best player in the trade. But my team was one and two, underperforming, struggling. Like I needed to try to shake things up, so I just said screw it. I went ahead and did it. Obviously, now it's, it's definitely the wrong move. Yeah, but you didn't again. You yeah, didn't you know. can't you can't account for injuries. I mean, if Chris Carson had stayed healthy. I feel like the trade probably would have ended up being fine for both sides, but yeah. now definitely wish I didn't make the move. But, we'll uh, see. As far as sell high and buy low candidates go, I think the epitome of a sell high candidate is Corderell Patterson. Yep, I was going to say him. He is the running uh, the running back four, I think, through four weeks, and the wide receiver six, because he, he has both. Uh, oh, yeah. In, in our league scoring with half-point PPR... 
Um, he is currently third. He's ahead of Zeke. The wide receiver or running back three? Running back three, ahead of Zeke, right behind Austin Eckler, and then way behind Derrick Henry. In terms of receivers, he is fifth behind so DJ Moore, Debo, Tyreek Hill, and Cooper Cup. Yeah. He's um, ahead of Mike Williams, Tyler Lockett. He's just got a crazy usage rate right now, and I just can't imagine the Falcons still. Kellen really doesn't have a touchdown yet, and though he is sitting out this week's game, um, from for the rest of the season, I would not count too much on Cordero. By low candidates, there's a lot. I mean, um, Joe Mixon had a great week one and has been sort of bad since then, but he is injured, so I would wait He's on that. Yeah, he'll, he'll bounce back. I would wait on that. Um, Nick Chubb has not scored a touchdown yet this season. If you can trick the manager out of him, that's a great option. Um, I'm trying to think of some more off the top of my head. I think Odell Beckham is a great option. He has not had a great blow-up week yet, but if he had caught a 62-yard touchdown last week, people would think a lot different about him, and that was something that almost happened. If we're talking buying really low, what are your thoughts still on Brandon Ayuk? Because I keep hearing you bringing him up. This one maybe isn't talking about buying low as in maybe getting a top-tier player, but someone who you could buy low and still get a decent... I think, possible flex option. I think he's a great buy low candidate. I just would not put expectations into him returning to last year's form. It's obvious that the Niners are funneling targets to Debo. George Kittle and Debo Samuel, and now they've got a rookie quarterback. So Brendan Ayuk's tough to buy low on. Some other sell highs. I'm trying to think. Um, Kareem Hunt is probably a really, really good sell high. The other half of the Nick Chubb duo. Nick Chubb's, gonna, Nick Chubb fantasy was. Nick Chubb's gonna score more touchdowns throughout the course of the season. That's about it. I mean, we're still only a quarter of the way through the season. A lot is going to change. Um, but I would I would say that a constant is Derrick Henry and Travis Kelsey being high up at their positions for the rest of the season. Now I just got to trick someone into trading for James Conner. <laughs> hey, man, four touchdowns in two weeks. He's a red zone killer. That's, anyone in that our league that's, good sell high. Anyone in our league that's listening, he's on the trading block. I'm ready to make a deal. That is a good sell high. And with that, we will end the episode. Uh, once again, sad to not have my partner in crime with me here sam we miss you we love you glad you are i'm, I'm proud of you uh, and hopefully you'll be back soon and to our listeners thanks for coming uh and hating yourselves with us and then to wyatt of course thanks yep. for being our guest host this week thanks for having me go cowboys